This episode of Tales from the Jungle Cruise includes a discussion of mental health, depression, and anxiety. If you're experiencing life-changing mental health issues, we strongly advocate working with a mental health professional or counselor. Although we wanted to bring light to a few of these issues, we are not professionals, and our advice should just be a stepping-off point. If you are experiencing suicidal or self-harming thoughts, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Skips and Skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land. And welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. So this is a very different episode of the podcast as we are joined by my friend Dr. Adrian McKeon as we chat about the way that performers and actors are dealing with depression and mental health issues during the pandemic. It is a bit of a different episode for us, but we have run across some skippers who have had particularly hard times this year, and we wanted to try to uh, help and address the topic. But in the middle of putting this all together, some news happened, and that makes it hard, uh, makes it so I feel like I actually need to put out some statements about the upda updates coming to the world-famous Jungle Cruise. So if you are a regular listener of the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me discuss the movie, the changes to the ride, and also drop a lot of veiled hints about what I believe was coming for the future of the ride. Well, well, here it is. Uh, over the next year, the Jungle Cruise is going to be removing dated and racist references and content and replacing them with a cohesive storyline, modified rhino trap safari scenes, and bringing in a sunken boat with animatronic monkeys swarming all over it. Uh, there's also going to be an added skipper animatronic character that is going to be in all of the show scenes, giving the skippers in the boat another element to play off of and to integrate into the story. So since I've been doing the podcast, 150 episodes or so, nine years, three and a half million downloads, uh, I have commented that the Jungle Cruise is the only attraction where the story isn't a narrative one that the guests experience sequentially. Now, this definitely addresses that and will breathe some fresh life into a very wonderful experience. The Jungle Cruise movie that is coming out this year, hopefully, sometime, I'm sure, uh, it is not going to be involved in the retheming of the ride. However, we are going to be expecting a second round of announcements in the summer, and that will likely include a bit of Easter egg theming that will put a bit of flavor of the movie into the attraction. But, but, but let me just say this. There's going to be no uh, animatronics of The Rock or Emily Blunt. You know, what we're thinking of, what we're expecting is more like their costumes hanging on the clothesline outside of the Disneyland jungle. Maybe some themed elements in the queues with character references. But The Ride is not becoming Jungle Cruise, the movie, The Ride, the movie. Uh, and you can take that uh, from a place of my expertise and my position on the issue. 
Now, there are aspects of some of the Disney movies like The Crows and Dumbo that some people may say have aged poorly. But that really is just a way of saying that the racism that was endemic in the era of the production is not viewed in the same way that we view it now. And while it has a value as a watermark of the time, continuing to represent those caricatures in the modern day presentations of the content or the ride has no true entertainment value. It purely is an ugly reminder that it is hurtful to a segment of our population who has ridden the ride, but it also hurts others because we need uh, to own our beliefs and the responsibility for the others in our communities. You know, I've been a skipper. I've seen the faces and reactions of people of color on the Jungle Cruise ride. And when I was a skipper in 2003, I really didn't understand that impact. I didn't understand what the representation of black characters as cannibals and headhunters, neither of which, by the way, were historically accurate depictions for the era or the locations that the Jungle Cruise depicts. I didn't understand how that was impacting our guests. Now, my last two-year stint uh, from 2016 to 2018, I saw different reactions on the faces of our guests, and I saw genuine hurt and pain. Now, maybe that's because I have evolved a little bit, and, and as I aged, I had a different set of experiences. But I took the time to have discussions with people of color about what their feelings about the Jungle Cruise was. Uh, as funny as the play on words about cannibalism was or headhunters, the greater context was that it just didn't have a place at Disneyland. Now, some people have been making statements that this is just cancel culture or that it's political correctness. What it really is, in my opinion, is a company standing up for its role as a leader in the global marketplace of ideas. And the ideas that were represented in the 1950s and 60s are simply not appropriate for this modern era. Now, it's time for us to acknowledge that Disney makes a difference not just in entertainment, but in its social influence. The Jungle Cruise will still be world famous after all these changes. We're just going to make sure that it's world famous for the right reasons and that every single person who steps foot in a boat feels welcomed and entertained without exception. Now, my friends, I'd like to welcome you to Season 8, Episode 3 of the World Famous Jungle Cruise and my discussion with Dr. Adrienne McKeon about um, mental health, depression uh, amongst actors, performers, and Jungle Cruise skippers. I do genuinely hope you enjoy. It is a very different kind of episode for us, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it. Thanks, everyone, and Kongaloosh. Well, today, uh, skippers and, and friends all out there in the wild and untamed lands of internet land, uh, welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. I know that it has been a challenging year for uh, everyone out there, uh, internet land or real world land. Um, the, uh, the processes uh, that all of us have been going through over the last year have, have been challenging, and we've had a lot of skippers who've had some very difficult times. Uh, and, you know, we're out here as a community. I'm seeing what people are going through, uh, whether it be on social media or people talking to me. And I thought to myself that, you know, it would be great. Um, I have a, a lovely friend who is going to be joining us on the show today. Um, and she is uh, not a Jungle Cruise skipper. She is uh, the only the third non-Jungle Cruise skipper to be on the show. But she uh, hosts a fantastic podcast in which um, she gives great advice and great uh, voice to people's passions and to what they're about. And I thought that there was a lot of very timely things that she'd be able to bring to a discussion uh, of this nature. So I'm uh, happy to uh, welcome onto the show one of my uh, very longest and dearest friends, uh, Adrienne McKeon. Did I get it right? Absolutely. 
Okay. Uh, and Adrian's show, uh, podcast is um, That's Allowed, uh, A-L-O-U-D. And um, so tell me a little bit about your show first, because I think a lot of the people who listen to, to what we do would have interest in some of the story uh, coaching and some of the, the things you bring to it. Absolutely. So the whole point of that's allowed, uh, you can kind of see there's a double entendre there, right? I want people to feel like it's allowed. They can speak, they can speak up, they can share their truth, but also remember that that's allowed. And so, you know, we're sharing our, our stories here and sometimes that can feel very vulnerable. That can feel a little scary. And sometimes you just need someone to hold your hand through that process of telling this story. So I started this, the, the podcast with the idea that I would be helping people tell the stories that they weren't telling, but over time, it's really morphed into the stories that the world needs to hear and just really helping people get their message out there and really dive into what is that main core message of what you are trying to tell the world and you figuring out the best way to do that in a narrative sense because of course we love stories as humans that's what we really gravitate towards well, and that uh, really brings me into why I thought you would have a real great insight because your background is in the theater. Absolutely. Uh, you, you're a doctorate of, uh, of theatrical arts or whatever the specific of it is, um, your PhD in theater. And you have a great depth and experience in working with stage productions and you know now voiceover work and, and other types of acting. And at a fundamental level, what the people who work on the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland, Walt Disney World are doing uh, is is acting. They're putting themselves out in a creative way. Absolutely. Um, and so when I thought about, you know, as we're going through uh, the things with COVID um, that are out in the world, a lot of you know, Disneyland is still closed. Uh, I have, you know, 35,000 friends uh, now in, in California that are out of work. Yeah. So I thought to myself, let's, let's have a little chat. Now, I, I have to ask, uh, you know, of course, disclosure side, have you ever been to the Disney parks? I have. And have you ridden the Jungle Cruise ever? I certainly have. And yeah. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, but, you know, if you look at what people do at Disney, we're putting on a show. Absolutely, you are. Yeah. Uh, and it's just on a big level. Performing is performing. And it doesn't matter if your audience is uh, three people or 3,000 people. You are performing. And you are a performer. Well, and sometimes when people hire into the Disney company, they don't know that that's what they're going to be doing. But over the time that they get trained, and a lot of people, it doesn't suit them. Uh, others, they take to it like a fish to water, and suddenly they are embracing, uh, you know, the joy of life that, that comes from, from performing and being creative. Uh, but so you've been around actors, you know, uh, pretty much your whole life. Do you think creative types? Uh, whether it be actors, painters, do you think that they're more prone to to depression and to uh, to the, the feelings because they're putting it out? Would you say that's a fair assessment? What I would say is that they are empaths for the most part. I think performers have to be because they kind of have to feel, feel the energy of the audience and feed back into that. And so, yeah, they pick up on emotions really quickly. They amplify emotions very easily. And it, it can be very difficult, especially with those really strong emotions like depression, like rage, to get stuck in those emotions. And so one of the things that I teach is what I call emotional hygiene, which is basically just how to kind of shower off <laughs> emotions that mm -hmm. you've picked up from somebody else or that need to be processed within yourself. Um, so, I mean, obviously whenever you put in additional compounding factors, you know, 
for example, the COVID is one side of it, but then that comes with financial issues. Uh, it could come with health issues for people who have had issues with illness, uh, anxiety for people who have to work in a frontline environment where they maybe don't want to have exposure and maybe other people aren't as responsive uh, you know, to their needs and wearing masks and things like that. Um, so, you know, I think part of what we can look at is, is one, let's just identify, you know, if this is a person who's going through some of these things, what are some of the, the, the telltale signs that someone is really falling into this, that, you know, that, that they're having a harder time with it, that maybe they don't truly identify that that's the reason why? That's a great question. As you say, anxiety, grief, depression, all of these things that are coming up right now, that makes perfect sense. Of course, you'd be grieving if you can't work right now. You've lost uh, th that contact, that regular opportunity to create and to give. Uh, you know, you may have lost a sense of purpose, even if you haven't lost a person in your life right now. And I know a lot of people have. But even if you haven't lost someone, you could have lost a lot of things that matter to you. And so grief is a really common thing that's coming up right now. Anxiety. Of course you're anxious. There's a global pandemic happening right now. It would be a little weird if you weren't anxious. But when it really starts to affect us, you'll notice that the things that used to, you know, bring you a spark, they're just not working right now. You may find that you're sleeping a lot more. You're eating less or way too much. You're, you know, it's just, you'll notice that something's just off for you. Maybe there's a feeling that just won't go away and it just kind of follows you around. Maybe there's just that feeling of all I want to do is crash out on the couch, you know, and, and consume rather than create. And so I would say the things to look out for are just feeling like you've lost your sense of purpose like you're having a, an emotion that you can't shake and like you just don't get the same enjoyment out of the things that normally bring you enjoyment. Um, well, and one of the things, and I, I would venture to guess, you know, I uh, dabbled in the acting arts uh, early on, but have, have not professionally. Um, when people are actors, they identify themselves as I'm an actor or mm -hmm. I'm a singer or it becomes their core sense of being that they are this thing yeah and you know the any disney cast member it's a sense of pride it's a sense of that this is who they are but nowhere as much as being a jungle cruise skipper because you know it's a day one waltz attraction but also it's the really the only attraction that the label is the job that you do yeah. You know, when you're a skipper, it's a thing that in, intrinsically becomes a part of your, you know, who cares if you're, you know, uh, an archaeologist at Indiana Jones, it's nice, but it's not the same level. Do you feel like the disconnection from that sense of identity is, uh, is a real trigger for these depression uh, related issues? 110%. I think you really hit the nail on the head there, that when it becomes a, the, your core identity, if you can't do that thing, it can be really, really difficult to figure out, well, then who am I? If I'm not that, who am I? What am I? What is my purpose? Why am I here? So that's another thing that I really help people do is just find a sense of alignment that isn't tied to a specific story about yourself, that it's tied more to your values and what you care about and give your care to. Sure. 
Um, do you, uh, with actors, with musicians, other performers, mm -hmm. So let's say that you have a show that you've invested eight months of your life in and it's closing and, you know, by the time it, and I, I no one on the, the audio can hear this, but I see you nodding uh, oh, yeah. exactly oh, where yeah. you know where I'm going to go with this. So when you're done with a big passion project, something mm -hmm. that has been your, your personal Hamilton or whatever, are these the kind of feelings that you've seen in yourself? And what are some, some ways actors get past that, you know, in the pre-COVID times, what's the way to break out of that? Yeah. So I call that show withdrawal and it is absolutely a real thing. And it's happened to me, you know, ever since high school. And actually I think I, I credit that in a lot of ways with being one of the things that has helped me with grief in my life because of that experience over and over and over again of becoming so close with these people and having these intense, amazing experiences. And then it's just done. It's just over and you don't see those people. <laughs> yep. And so one of the things I've learned to do is just to reach out. If I'm missing those people, just reach out. They're probably missing me too, mm -hmm. right? And so even though we don't have the show going on right now, we can still stay in contact and we can still create things together. Right. Those are right. great people to reach out to for collaboration. Collaboration, by the way, is my big word for 2021. Mm -hmm. I'm really reaching out and just like forcing myself, even when I'm not in the mood, <laughs> reaching out, collaborating like this collaboration that we're doing right now with my wonderful friend, Kyle. Uh, so one of my friends is doing a really genius thing and they're, they're doing uh, the William Shakespeare Star Wars, but they're doing it as a Zoom performances. <laughs> and they've, they've done the Princess Bride as a Zoom performance, but they're mm -hmm. doing, you know, they're, they're carrying on. She, she does stage managing and, and other theater stuff. So I was like, that's brilliant. You're just continuing to do your performance on the, on the real world, uh, but just over Zoom. Um, so one of the things that you were saying is, is grief. And I think this is one of those definitions that gets lost a little bit mm -hmm. because we hear the word, the immediate thing that we think of is, is that a family member has passed away. We're dealing with a grandparent who's lost or something, but grief in and of itself is, is just kind of a mechanism. Um, it's part of identifying that something has changed, yeah. something you care about, something that you love. Um, so as, as part of the discussion, like emotional hygiene, you know, is it healthy to feel grief? Yes, absolutely. And I think it's really sad in this culture that we try to curtail grief so much. And, and we squish it into a little tiny space and say, okay, this is an appropriate time for grieving. And now you're done. That's it. And that's just crazy talk because grief comes in waves over long, long periods of time. And grief, I believe, is just love with nowhere to go. It, and so when you are, you know, it's like creativity with nowhere to go right now. You know, that's, that's the grief. It's just blocked, right? And so every time that comes up, it's just an opportunity to celebrate that, that love, that creativity, right? Because you, there's always somewhere for it to go. Even if that somewhere for it to go is just crying, that's that that's the appropriate way to express it in that moment. Well, and it, you know, it is it is that you know, right now, part of the grief that everyone is feeling is the sense of loss over what we have had in the past. Yes, and obviously, you know, it's it's either not going to come back in the exact same way, or maybe not come back at all. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at that as 
you know, it's a thing that we love that deeply is, is inside of us for the things that we had, whether it be, you know, uh, our, our job or whatever it is, but it's also using that as a mechanism to, to move forward and to, to say, okay, this is a process. I'm always going to feel this, but now, you know, how can I be more of myself and move forward with that? And I think grief is a good mechanism for, for being a process that moves you to that next step. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. I think everything's a process, really. Everything's a journey and nothing lasts forever. Much as you might, might want it to or not want it to, nothing lasts forever. This feeling won't last forever either. All of this is ephemeral and everything will change. So I really, the one thing that I've seen this year that has just heartened me so much is how many people have taken this as an opportunity to look for new ways to do things and create new outlets for themselves. Like you were saying, getting creative and saying, okay, well, we did this in person. Is it going to translate to Zoom? Let's try it. Find out. Not everything does, but you might find that in trying that, it gives you an idea for something else. You got to try things. You got to experiment. And that's how you, le- you know, what leads you to the next good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and we talked a little bit at the start of this. So one of my core beliefs, and this is something that, uh, that I've developed over a very long time, is the concept of um, creation versus consumption. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that we as people, and I, I see it with my friends, um, people are binging Netflix, they're reading books, they're listening to music, which, which absolutely can be positive. But if you're used to creating, if you're used to being an actor, if you're used to being a baker, if you're used to being whatever, and your, your life has an aspect of creation, when you stop creating and start consuming, uh, and that's all that you have, it definitely shifts you. It, it, it changes the way that you are. Um, so what are, some, what are some good ways that actors uh, can balance that? Because obviously I, we don't want to stop reading. We don't want to stop enjoying Bridgerton or, you know, whatever the, the uh, Queen's Gambit, which was so, do- I thought about you, by the way, I thought about you with Queen's Gambit and, and yeah, reminded Amazing. me of you in so many ways. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so what are some what are some uh, active and, and creation uh, mechanisms that people could use at this point? Yeah, I would say, and again, one of the most beautiful things I've seen this year uh, in my clients and other people that I've been just like in communication with is how many people are going back to things that they were interested in as children, rediscovering hobbies and passions that they haven't done in years. And letting go of the judgment of like, well, I'm no good at this. Who cares? Nobody's going to see it. You're inside by yourself. Try new things. Try old things. You know, try things you haven't tried in years and just see what that gives. One thing that, uh, you know, a lot of people have rediscovered is like maybe they like to color, you know, just get like an adult coloring book. It doesn't have to be something complicated like learning to paint, right? right. You can just have a nice little creative outlet. And like you said, when you're, you know, watching these shows, often you'll get inspired. It'll, you know, give you ideas and you'll be thinking about things. So just take that time when you, you know, are watching something and it makes you think about something, really notice that and then say, what could I do with that? Could I write about this? Could I do a little sketch about this? Could I, you know, get together with some friends and, uh, you know, talk about this or do an improv around this? Even on Zoom, you can do all kinds of stuff once you kind of get out of the paradigm of the way things were into, well, let's find out what this gives. One of the most beautiful things about limitations is that they actually spark your creativity. 
one of the great things I used to do when I was, you know, teaching playwriting is I would tell people, okay, now today you need to write three pages that involve a pig, a baby, and a blanket. Okay. I don't know what that's going to give, but it gets people's imaginations going. Because if you just say, hey, write three pages today, people stare at their pages blankly for five minutes. If you tell them it has to have this involved, suddenly they're seeing it. Yep. And limitations help things grow. I mean, you know, Absolutely. It's, uh, and, and I think what you were saying, you know, uh, I don't necessarily feel like, and we talked about how people had a passion, like it's their signature thing in their life. You don't have to find the passion for your life right now, but find a passion. Absolutely. Find, find something that speaks to you. Find something that you've always wanted to try and do. Pick a recipe that you think would be fun. And if, if you're not a baker, try baking something you know, find the videos on YouTube, uh, you know, find the thing that works with your situation, mm -hmm. uh, but pick a thing to say, you know what, I've always wanted to do X, Yeah. you know, and what is it that we can, can move forward with that? Um, and like so, you said, you know, sometimes the balance of, you know, uh, consuming and creating is just really actively engaging with what it is that you're consuming. Like if you're listening to podcasts, maybe try listening to a, a podcast that has meditations involved, something that's a little more active, something that you can kind of participate in. Um, you know, just try, try expanding your repertoire a little mm -hmm. bit and just see what that gives. And, you know, the, that sense of accomplishment that you can get from the small things, one of the things that is, you know, social media has its, its pros and cons. Uh, but one of the pros is, you know, put a thing out there and, you know, you'd be surprised. I don't, I don't think people may not be that surprised, but people will give you that positive reinforcement and feedback because maybe the thing you're doing is something that that's going to inspire someone else as well. But even those little senses of accomplishment move you forward from being stuck in a place. Absolutely. So I tried something recently that I hadn't tried in years, which is I wrote a little parody piece, a little satire piece. And uh, it really kind of took off. And my friend Ukiana from Sweden translated it into Swedish and got so excited that she wants to collaborate and do more of those pieces now. She wants to write about the inauguration. And I'm like, great, let's do this. So yeah, I mean, I think again, it just comes back to stop judging what you're putting out there and just keep putting stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, look, it, it can be, it can be for you, but it just needs to flow. It just needs to be a thing that, uh, that is taking a focus for you and moving it away from, you know, uh, that the difficulty and, you know, looking toward the things that can, can be possible. You know, there's, you kind of, uh, touch on it just a little bit. And as someone who I know knows the answer to this question, Adrienne, what is, mindfulness? Ah, mindfulness is just self-awareness. It's just getting curious about yourself and staying present in this moment because we have such a tendency to want to time travel, right? And I have some time travel exercises to help people actually like deal with past traumas or go into an ideal future. But for the most part, where you want to be is right here, right now. And that is such a challenging thing to do to not be rehashing something that happened five minutes ago or thinking about what's going to happen 10 minutes from now. Just being here and being aware of what's going on right now. How do I feel right here in this moment? Well, my toes are a little bit cold, I'm noticing. Just paying attention to what's going on in my body. That is just, that's what mindfulness is to me. 
you think depression is an anchor that keeps you out of the moment? Oh, definitely. <laughs> and I think that's one of the one of the tricks that I've sort of used to, you know, trip myself out of being stuck in, especially, a, you know, the past, something that's happened and I'm replaying it. And, you know, especially when you have anxiety, sometimes you can just like ruminate on intrusive thoughts or things that have happened that, you know, maybe didn't go exactly as you wanted them to. One of the things I do is I narrate my world. And I think, you know, Jungle Cruise skippers, this will sound very familiar to you. You just look around and see what is and start describing it. You can do it out loud or you can do it to yourself in your head, but it really brings you back to the present moment of, no, 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 you're here right now. This is where you are and this is what's going on. Yeah, you take that stimulus of vision or sound or touch or taste and you experience that. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that, you know, Disney has, has made a career about nostalgia. And I think that sometimes it's a, it's a hard fight between nostalgia and mindfulness, mm -hmm. especially when, you know, uh, a lot of the things that happen at theme parks, the days can kind of be similar. You know, it's kind of like you're living out of time and, and living in, in that moment. But there's also that sense of nostalgia and being tied to, you know, the histories, uh, being tied to your own personal history and your own personal stories. And the nostalgia of who you were keeps you from becoming who you could be. Yes. And our stories are important. Other people need those stories, right? They give hope. They give inspiration to other people. And so what, what I really encourage people to do is to start to tell those stories, share those stories, get them outside of yourself. Because when they're stuck up in here, they're just, you know, filtering everything you see through mm -hmm. them without your even being aware. And you have this kind of sense of identity of what these stories, these stories are you, right? But when you start to give them away, you'll discover, no, they're just stories. These are just stories and they're meant for other people to have and to use. And then you can start to create the story that you really want to be living. And that's right. where the magic happens. Well, and that's, that's the great thing, uh, whether it's uh, a cast member at Disney, you know, everything that you do at Disney is, is part of a bigger context, part of a bigger story. And it's a good microcosm of what your life is, you know, mm -hmm. that really creating that story, creating who you want to be. You're the only author of your, of your life. No one else is writing your story for you, but it's hard when there's depression. It's hard when, you know, there's financial concerns and all the things that are hitting us, uh, you know, in this time. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is, um, what are some, um, some people are going to be much more list and organizational, and that's going to be a function of, of how they are, what's, you know, what's in their sandbox. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the way that they're going to move through this. Other people are going to be much more, you know, open and flowing, you know, just if you could speak to that for just a second about that, there's very different uh, techniques for moving past, you know, depression and, and some of these uh, difficulties. Of course, everyone is different and everyone's going to have the tool that works for them. What I try to do is just give people a variety of tools and say, hey, take what works for you, leave the rest. Now, if you know that you are a person who needs to make pro-con lists to decide what you're going to do, start making those pro-con lists. That too is a creative act. Making spreadsheets, making lists, that can be a creative act for some people. For other people, they just need to be spontaneous and they need to just try new things and just see what that gives. Start throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Everybody's different. You know you, 
right? You are the authority. Again, that's where author, you know, comes from. You are the authority on your own life and your own self, but you have to start listening to that little inner voice, that little intuitive voice that tells you this is working for me. This isn't working for me. And just really pay attention to that because you are, you know, your, your life is not a democracy. Nobody else gets a vote. You get to decide what happens, but you got to take that wheel. Otherwise you'll end up like in the bumper car ride, just getting bumped around and being like, why are all these people hitting my car? Well, guess what? You're hitting their car. You're just not (laughs) taking the wheel and steering where you want to go. Well, and that's, you know, there, there's a lot of other, um, you know, look, our purpose definitely was not to give therapy to the world. You know, that wasn't the reason it's maybe, you know, more just some identification and and just things for people to think about. Um, But obviously I think one of the big things that is missed uh, is Mm self-care. And, you know, when you're feeling down, you're feeling blue, you feel unworthy, you feel like your life is spiraling out of control, you know, there definitely is um, that time for you to appreciate yourself and, and, you know, help yourself through those moments. I mean, do you feel like self-care is part of the process that, that uh, helps rebuild who you are? Oh God, yes. And the thing is self-care again, looks different for different people and will look different from day to day. One day self-care might look like routine. It might look like get, you know, setting your alarm and getting your butt up when that alarm goes off and getting some exercise and, you know, making your to-do list for today. Sometimes that's self-care. And then sometimes self-care looks like, no, I'm crumpling up my to-do list for today and I'm going to take a freaking bubble bath because that's what I need right now. Self-care is just about checking in with yourself, seeing what would help you, and then really scheduling in that time to make sure it happens. Because it's one thing to think about it. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually schedule it into your life and then do it. And unfortunately, as humans, we don't come with those neat little stickers that the uh, oil change places put on your car to remind you when to change your oil, nope. you know, emotionally. Wouldn't that be great if we had an emotional change? You could just go and get your fluids drained and get a brand new uh, set of more functioning emotions, a little cleaner perspective. Well, and um, I think that's partly why people go to, you know, therapists. That is right. sort of your, your, your regular maintenance, right? But you don't necessarily have to go to a coach or a therapist, or, you know, you can do this with friends. You can do this for yourself if you have to, but it's as an external processor, I definitely need somebody to talk through these things with. Right. Well, and that, that's uh, a great place to kind of, you know, put the, put some pins and things and kind of wrap this up. I think it, it is, um, you know, look, people who work at Disney theme parks, you know, are, uh, you know, especially in California, making a base living, you know, it's not a, a super extravagant lifestyle. Uh, and there are going to be resources that are out there. Orange County, California actually has a, a lot of nonprofit uh, counseling by phone. There's a lot of really good opportunities. Uh, we're going to try to put some of those things up in the show notes uh, with this. Um, you know, obviously, you don't want people, um, you, you, you would like to be in a situation where people are having those discussions with credit and licensed therapists and people who are, are really able to bring them you know, a little bit more expert of an, of an opinion. Do you have any uh, either internet resources or things that you could put forward for people who are looking to find, you know, either online counseling, things like that? Have you ha- had, I know there's some apps that are out there, you know, what are things that you've had good experiences with? 
So um, I can definitely recommend a uh, huddle doc hair. Um, I can recommend, um, you know, I'd have to look, I, I didn't yeah. prepare for that. So <laughs> no, it's okay. No, no, no. I get, no, like it was more of just the thought that comes through as we're, we're discussing. Yeah. And it's because on a lot of podcasts, you get the ad for the, and I can't think of what the name of the, the service is that does the, um, uh, you know, the like once a month phone call or every other week mm -hmm. phone call, but then you have text messages as support with your counselor, but exactly. I can't for the life of me remember what it's called. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll throw some things into the show notes, but you know, they're really, I hope that as a culture, we've moved past the point of having a stigma, uh, associated with therapy and associated with finding people to talk to and, and, uh, you know, being able to, to put the pieces out there. You can't mm -hmm. put together the jigsaw puzzle if all your pieces are facing down. Yeah. And of course, I'll, you know, I'll plug myself, uh, that's allowed.com. I have a lot of resources on there in terms of emotional hygiene and meditations and things just to help get you through. And of course I have some entertaining content on there and inspirational you know, your, content. Your, your podcast uh, as well is a third season now. Yes. In my third yes. season. It is, uh, it has been exceptional watching the, the, the feeling of the show grow and, uh, having a fellow podcast person it just kind of happened that we're both in that same, in that same range of things. So, Indeed. well, it has been a lovely half an hour and that's uh, kind of what we had in mind. We don't want to overwhelm people on, you know, when we're having a, sh uh, a podcast episode where we have 30 minutes of jokes that are interspersed, it's a little easier for the digestion. This is, uh, is a lot of kind of big topics, but the thing I know about actors is when you start a new show, when something is put in front of you for the first time, you look at it and you say, this is a thing that I can do. It's a challenge. It's an opportunity. It's a way of expressing myself. How do I put myself into this? And right now we just have a big play in front of us where the script is empty. The opportunity to, to define your character is, is gigantic. And there's a lot of, of people. And in this case, a lot of, uh, you know, Disney uh, employees or ex-employees, uh, who definitely are having an opportunity to, to write their own story. And I know that uh, even these little notes and thoughts definitely move people toward that. Absolutely. Well, my friend, it is a pleasure. Uh, we don't get to see each other anywhere near often enough or your, your lovely little ones. Um, so thank you for spending the time with me. I, I hopefully I'm going to make sure that your uh, podcast and your website are all uh, splash lively along this episode so people can find you. But once again, it's That's Allowed, A-L-O-U-D. Uh, and I know you're on every podcast platform, even some of the ones I've had a hard time getting on to with, with Spotify. <laughs> I don't know why they make that one so hard to get on. To. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, all the success and, and love in the world. And I, I genuinely appreciate any chance I get to spend uh, any amount of time with you at all. Well, it's always a pleasure. And thank you so much. It's been such an honor just to share my wisdom with your audience. And I hope it helps. And uh, I hope it inspires you all to try something new today. All right. All right, skips and skipperettes out there. Uh, thanks so much. I know that the content and I will just say, you know, I have been feeling the depression issues as well. The last year has had a kind of unexpected move for me from California to Ohio. Uh, it's been an up uh, change in my life for what I've been doing. And part of the reason is that, you know, these are questions that I've asked. It's things that I've gone through. And uh, I just hope that it's brought a little bit of value to you out there in internet land. 
because at some point the sun is going to shine again, the rivers of the world are going to be flowing, and there will be bad jokes aplenty uh, out on the Jungle Cruise, and we want to make sure everyone is ready for that day. So kungaloosh, my friends, and uh, we will see you on the next turn.